This is the start of Listener Request Month, but we have a small request for you, and that is if you are an Android user, you should check out the Podcast Republic app. It's free, it has thousands of great reviews, and all you have to do is download it to see for yourself. So check it out, it's available on the Google Play Store, the Podcast Republic app. You favorite your favorite podcasts, they download right to your device, and you're listening in seconds. The Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. On Saturday, July 20th, we are returning to Tattooed Mom as part of the Philly Podcast Festival. It's our fourth year, I believe, at that particular podcast festival. We're very excited to be uh, asked to be back and excited to return to Tattooed Mom, which is always a really good time. We are going to be discussing the fabulous film Flashdance. Regular listeners of this show might remember that, hey, didn't you guys do a live episode about the movie Flashdance last year at the Baltimore Podcast Festival? And you would be correct. We did. Here's the thing. The only people who heard that episode were the ones in the room. (laughs) Uh, So we liked it and wanted to talk about it and see if we could get that conversation recorded and figured a year later would probably mean we wouldn't repeat too many of our own jokes. Although, frankly... I doubt that I remember them I at this point. I don't even remember where my notes are. Oh, wait. They might be in this notebook. Uh, Two seconds. We will be at Tattooed Mom at 3.30 p.m. on July 20th, part of a packed day of shows that starts at 12.30 p.m. there. goes till 7.30 p.m. My notes are still in here. Um, the same notebook. Oh, good. Good. Uh, so we will be doing Flashdance. Uh, if you were at the Baltimore show, this one will probably be different. If you weren't at the Baltimore show, which is almost every other, everyone listening to this, assuredly, uh, we will be doing Flashdance. So come hear us talk about one of the crazy dance movies of our favorite decade, of course, the 1980s. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am one half of the mega podcasting powers, Trip Lano. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner and a man who I definitely would pick for my team on the Midnight Madness run. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. I was I always think we'd be we'd be fun uh, amazing race partners. Yes, until we got to like the serious physical challenge portion, in which case we would both be like, We're out. I think we could manage. When they're like, You gotta climb this rock wall, we'd be like, Well I'm good at rock walls and you know that. You were good at rock walls when you were like a tiny little spider monkey. No, literally like two years ago. I just did a rock wall. Well, I haven't seen you rock wall since you were a wee pup, and so I thought that was little, you know, tiny little spider monkey Andrew. Those days are long gone. I'm working on it. Uh, this is the first of Listener Request Yeah! We're very excited to be doing this. Huge thank you to our Patreon supporter, Michelle, who picked this episode, Midnight Madness. Let's hear what she had to say. Hi, Tripp and Andrew. It's Michelle. I'm just calling to let you know I'm looking forward to hearing the listener pick of mine for Patreon of Midnight Madness in a few weeks. I hope you guys have as much fun as I did watching the movie. I know it's an 80s movie. It's one of those from the early 80s. It kind of feels like a 70s movie, and it's got a really catchy theme song. And even if you don't like the movie, usually, Tripp, you have more fun when it's not a good movie. So either way, I think the listeners are going to win on this episode so have fun and we'll talk to you soon thanks it's one of those early 80s movies that almost feels like a 70s movie which i definitely agree with that's fair it's very fair and i want to i want to put this out at the top i personally don't know how much it will apply to this movie but just in general we are not going to pull any punches just because some nice person asked us to do this movie so 
I do apologize in advance to anybody whose movie is being talked about this month. If it's your like all time favorite and we poop all over it, hot tip. It's okay. Don't submit your favorites. Like, but, don't submit or, something you don't want ripped apart. Yeah, I mean, you you all know what the show is, so it would be. Although sometimes we really like a thing and we still poke fun at it. So I'm just saying, if it's your favorite thing and and we're hurting your feelings, it's okay to turn it off. We we're. I don't want to say we're sorry because. You, you knew what you were getting into, I think. But I just want to say we're not going to pull any punches. I know that like some people may be like, oh, they're not going to be as good because it's something somebody asked for. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do this like any other movie. Yeah, we ripped apart the movie our mom requested. Exactly. So we watched as the first ever listener request month pick. Now, uh, just a quick quick reminder to those of you out there. This first one comes from a Patreon supporter because at the $10 a month level, after 12 months, you get to send us three choices and we pick one of them and we do that movie. So that is why Listener Request Month even exists at all. It's thanks to these Patreon supporters, Michelle and Tom. And I just want to say thank you to them, of course, but also let you know that if you want this kind of attention to a movie that you really like, hop on over to patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and check it out. That's it. That's all my hard selling I'm doing up here at the top of the show. Okay, cool. You're packing up your case on Portobello Road. You're pulling the legs up on your suitcase. I'm going to quietly roll down the block. But (laughs) as I said, to start Listener Request Month for the first time ever, we watched Midnight Madness. So you know what that means. We got to go back. We got to go dissect the 80s. It's your truly poorly planned scavenger hunt. Something's got to be done about your truly poorly planned scavenger hunt. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power death. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Yeah, I. So the analog I kept coming back to for this movie is, I bet the same one that you're coming back to, and that is because we are uncultured swine, rat race, and not the original version. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Well, I am just learning. I was today years old when I realized that that was a remake. I might have known Once Upon a Time, but I don't. I don't know if it's strictly a remake or it's just the same thing again. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you do the same thing twice, but I think it it is a remake. I mean, I have to say, I am shocked that this movie never became, never got remade as a Disney Channel original movie. Like, it is prime oh, material for... Most definitely. We're going to take the kids from the Wizard Show, the kids from the Even Steven Show, the kids from the <laughs> Hotel Show, and we're going to uh-huh. put them all in a movie. Yeah. Um, the, the, other, the crazy thing is, this movie has the Disney logo on it, and there is like some Only pre- now. Okay. So... Okay. It took 20-some years for Disney to put their logo on this movie. Well, it's pretty adult. Like, it's not obscene, but it has, you it know, feels some more racy... touchstone than Disney. Yeah, for sure. So the premise of this is this nerdy guy, for reasons I don't ever quite is understand. Is he nerdy? Because, I mean, maybe by 80s standards, he was nerdy. Because in today's standards, he's like hipster hot. Yeah, no, he was a Dorcasaurus, for sure, for sure. He had those two hot ladies. I know. That was like a joke. That, like, that was the bit. Like, oh. oh, this Dorcasaurus. Like, there was no Zuckerbergs back then, right? Like, you could, now when they're, you're a creepy, unfeeling alien monster, if you invent enough thing, like, people find you attractive. But na- back then, it was just like, oh, you nerd, I wouldn't touch you with somebody else's hands. Hmm. Okay, fair. 
But anyway, uh, Leon has come up with this scavenger hunt that he is recruiting these five people to play. The ultimate all-nighter or something like that? Yes. And none of the five people want to play. You got your nice cross-section representation here. You got your you got your jock. You got your nerds. You got your rich a-hole. You got your slob. Rich fat kid. That's yes. his character. He's fat. Yeah. yeah. It's Don't Flounder from Animal House, in case anybody that lands for anybody. I think he was. I think I thought he was in something else, but I lost it. And then the leader of the yellow team, the the protagonist of the movie, I suppose, is David Naughton. I believe is his last name, but he was David in American Werewolf in London. I always like when. Wait, a very, what? Yeah, that's why he looks familiar. Yes, uh, I love when a person's like famous iconic role is a character with the same name as them. It makes mm-hmm. my life much easier because I don't remember names very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, that is that is what this gentleman is from. And then thank the you for that. fifth team is the ladies team that inexplicably has two twin large women who only make dolphin sounds. And boy, oh boy, did that make me want to put my foot through the television. Yeah. So uh, this movie comes in hot and leaves hotter because normally with this kind of movie, there's like a bit of a setup. Like, a rolling montage over the credits, like, non-verbally explaining who the lead characters are. But instead, we just got the Double Mint twins rollerblading around in hot pants, handing out invitations to something to five characters that we know nothing about. So I was like, I don't know why these kids were picked. I don't know what their relationship to each other is. I don't know how old they're all supposed to be. And, like, a lot of it could have been explained better. Yeah, I really feel like... What you need to do in this situation is have a better start for the contest. So it's either like it's a famous campus competition and, and these these are all the teams we're going to do or yeah. a, a letter goes out to all the frat houses or something like that. Like there just there needs to be a little bit more. Hey, what the hell are we doing here? Other if you're going like, to make me pay it, try and remember five teams like I need to understand why there's five like. Could have had two, yeah. We could have had two teams, and this movie would have been just as enjoyable. I think you need three. I think that's the perfect setup would be three. But then I, I think I think in my in my movie world, if you have two teams, the good guys have to win. If you have three teams, the team that is neither good nor bad has to win, is how I think those movies have to – is that when those movies yeah, are the most successful. It's like – Maybe. They're all trying, and then do like, oh, the other dude – like. The other people won. Yeah. We still support you. Yeah, I guess you're right. Anyway, let's get into it a little more uh, by the book. We'll talk about this other stuff as it I comes I mean, up. they spend a good five minutes explaining what a scavenger hunt is. Yeah, I. that's the part that I found pants on head crazy. Is like, there's no way the general movie-going audience in 1980 didn't know what the hell a scavenger hunt was when you said those two words. They do the same thing on Drag Race to explain what a bracket is. They have a top four... And they're like, okay, we're going to lip sync for the crown. And then they spend five minutes explaining how one pair will lip sync and then that winner goes to the finale. And then the other pair will also lip sync and that winner will go to the finale. And then those two will then finally. And I was like, we get it. Like, we have seen a bracket before. Just put the image on the screen and we'll figure it out. Right. Yes, exactly. It's just a tournament bracket. I think anyone who's looking at it could figure it out. Um, So the nerd in this movie. I did not know he was this old because as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, oh, I know this dude from something. And I was like, 
A, I think one. I think it's Kim Possible, but also something else. One and of two was- prolific voice actors in this movie. Yes. Well, and I would say a third one that you will disagree with. Um, All right. Yeah, he's known. He was the know-it-all dork in the Polar Express, and he was. I can't remember the character's name, but someone else in Kim Possible. He's got a very distinctive nerd voice. He's a real Poindexter, and it's funny because I don't know if... I'm assuming that slang term is old, and the character being named Poindexter in Revenge of the Nerds is just a reference to it, but there is a character named Poindexter in Revenge of the Nerds, and he is also very similarly extremely nerdy to this guy, so I found that very amusing. I would guess it's an old term. Yeah. Um, there's, but they, they, it's like the movie almost tried to explain everybody's relationships because the jocks are mean to, so the jocks for some reason are at this nerds debate team. Yeah. I, they're the I only assumed, ones there. Yeah. I assumed it was like some sort of, we got a tutor them for credit situation. Could have been a yeah, line again, of dialogue. The movie doesn't explain it. Point two seconds of dialogue would have been great there, but then somebody out there should design that for a T-shirt for us. We will cut you in on the profits. Well, the movie doesn't. Explain the movie that. doesn't explain it. Um, in the in the Back to the Future font, but then the jerks go. Well, to don't this... do just the Back to the Future font. I could do that. That is within my capabilities. That I, that would not be an acceptable thing that we would do that to give you some money for because I could do that. Um, then the jocks go to this like alternative sorority mixer and our jerks there and i just can't figure out why like they're not all connected it's like right the the three tertiary teams are loosely connected and the two important teams are loosely connected right but they're not all five connected the other thing i found interesting is typically like I don't know a better way to phrase this, so know that I'm only explicitly referring to the movie version of this. But, like, this is the Rejects sorority, right? Yeah, it is. Like, it if this is a is. movie about sororities, it's like, this is all of the nerdy, this is all the really smart this women. This is the and, sorority from the House Bunny. Yes, and it's just, like, the mishmash Island of Misfit toy sorority. So you would think... Led by an inexplicably traditionally attractive woman. Yeah, uh, also kind of a wild card there. But you would think that the nerd brigade and the misfit sorority would be friendlier to each other, but they also don't seem to like each other as the movie progresses, which is confusing. Yeah. Like, this- beyond the we're in an active competition with one another, go away, there seems to be some, like, deep-seated animosity. I mean, that also happens with the two brothers in this movie. Yeah, that's also really ridiculous, but we'll get there. Um, we, we, we're we a little past it, but I do want to circle back for a, a quick second. And there's the moment where Leon is explaining the game and how it works, where it's like you get a clue and you go to the thing. And we already mentioned that it was really laboriously explained. But my favorite part is when one of the two women who's with him pulls down like a custom made like a map like it. Uh, when we were well, I don't know about if they were still there when you were there, but there used to they be were. like pull down maps. They'd be like, you know, map of the world, map of the United States or whatever. This is a pull down flow chart of like how a scavenger hunt works where it's like location and then another shape and it says clue and then it says directions to the next location. And then it's like this flow chart of like how to find clues. But all I could think of was how he had to have like drawn this up, gone to a print shop, had it custom printed on a pull down. And then just been like, well, anytime we need to explain a scavenger hunt, this is the poster I'm going to grab. It reminds me of the silent episode of Buffy 
when Giles does his overhead presentation about like Buffy will patrol tonight. Yes, yes. Well, so this is the other thing. The movie doesn't talk about how this nerdy kid is a multimillionaire. Yeah. The level of money he had to hemorrhage to make this thing possible with no explanation of why he needed to make it possible. Right. He's a Zuckerberg and it doesn't make any sense. Like there, that that doesn't that is not a character archetype from this era that makes any sense. Yeah. Um I also I, like I said I was confused about everyone's ages because the the leader of the yellow team, the American Werewolf in London, is like a guidance counselor at yes. college. What, he's a, fr- he's, a he's the, yeah, they call him a freshman counselor. So he like the green team is definitely on the football team. So they're students. The nerd team is definitely students. The red team is definitely students. The blue team seems to be students, although I'm not certain. At and the yellow one team is a student. Yes. And the yellow team is American werewolf in London, who is a full, full grown man. And then his, I thought she was his girlfriend from the second they were introduced, but apparently they're like, just no. longing for each other. And it's then the, two random the students. romance the movie really thought we needed. But that's the thing is like, I, I, they, when it, when the first scene happened where they were like, oh, will they, won't they? I was like, wait, I've been watching the movie and they're definitely already a couple. <laughs> it's like well, their, I mean, their energy is very couple. I mean, they were like the two most close in age, conventionally attractive people on that movie set. So they were boning. <laughs> Yeah, I mean you're 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 not wrong. I'm guessing, maybe who knows? I'm not I, sure. I allegedly that can be our other shirt. Yes. Um, so so oh, go ahead. So then, uh, so like we said, uh, the Leon, the guy who created the game, says his pitch, and all the people are like you're an idiot. We're leaving. But then it like starts ever shows everyone you know getting into the idea, and then we cut to the rich fat kid's house. And it's just playing the music in all reality shows when, like, someone says something dumb. That's just like, and but no one's saying anything. It's not. It's the establishing music for this kid's house. Yes, and, and then, he's like, he's your token, like every bad fat stereotype you could possibly. He's like always eating. At one point. And it comes back. It's Chekhov's marshmallows, which will, which is a fun one. But like, he's always eating, and he's a huge asshole. Like he's really, you want to kick him in the teeth. But the part that I found like the buck wildest is, I've never seen the fat kids' vice be marshmallows. Who likes marshmallows this much? I like a marshmallow. Like if I see if there's a bag of people making s'mores, I'll have a single marshmallow, and that's probably it untoasted just like a raw ass marshmallow yeah i would have one i can't i just don't care for it i mean i'm not gonna eat a bag of them i have i've come around on the s'more as an older person but as a kid you didn't like s'mores no they're i to be honest with you i still don't quite get the appeal like they're a huge pain in the ass to eat it gets all of my mustache that wasn't a problem you have a mustache yeah it wasn't a problem when i was six but like makes my hands sticky it makes my face sticky and i'm at a campfire and i can't wash my hands i I have a lot of things, obviously. You're fun people, at parties. People have people who've listened to this podcast for a while understand I have a lot of things. Like last episode's revelation that I hate the sound of a jingle bell. But like, I've 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 gone on I've gone on record saying that children singing is the worst sound in the world. So, but I I re- like if my hands are dirty, I'm I I can't get over it. Like I just don't have the ability to just let that go. And so 
it's why I'm not a big camping person. And, you know, like I do like to hike, but it's a short, dirty hand situation. But yeah, I'm not a person who's like Purelling 97 times a day. Like I don't have legitimate OCD or anything like that. It's when your hands feel dirty. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like I can happily ignore Like I've gone on a hike and then eaten a sandwich and just like eaten the sandwich, like no hand sanitizer. Like, Oh, I probably should have used hand sanitizer. Whoops. But when I have like residue on my hands, it drives me bananas. And so even as a kid, like you're eating this marshmallow and it bloops all out all over your palms and then you're nowhere near a water source. So you just have to have sticky hands, I guess. And I just don't care for it. So it's just, it just doesn't, it just seems to me as like, the experience of making a marshmallow is 50 times better than the experience more. of so – thank you, s'more. The experience of roasting a marshmallow and making a s'more is 50 times better than the experience of eating one. I, I Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't agree with that, but if, – If everybody liked this so much, it would be much more prevalent on like desserts in restaurants, and it's not. It's occasionally there. You'll get like a twist on it, like a – like a Sunday with graham cracker crumble and marshmallow fluff that they hit with the flame and toast. But it's like, it's not that prevalent. And I think it's because everybody like thinks they like them, but doesn't like them like them. Okay. Anyway, this kid is just chowing down on raw ass marshmallows and I just can't. Who is doing that? I think this, um, I think this was the first movie I saw where the rich villain was also fat. Hmm. Um, and like, it's an, it's annoying because, um, the, his father calls him into his office and is like, I've heard about this game and I want you to enter so that you can win a trophy. He's like, his dad's room is full of trophies. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, cause so-and-so's son, American werewolf in London is entering. And for like two seconds, the fat kid is like, dad, stop trying to compare me. Like, notice who i am yeah 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 yeah. but then doesn't establish any of his own identity or skill set yeah like it's not like oh he paints or like he has a a thing that he does i'm totally with you there too because all the other characterization that we get for the character is like his so-called friends really aren't his friends they're constantly ragging on him they're lackeys yeah but they're not even lackeys they don't even seem to like him you know what I mean? Like Biff Tannen's mm-hmm. gang maybe is afraid of him, but deep down I think they dig him. You know, I think those people like him. Yeah. I don't think these people like him. I think they just hang around with him because he's rich. I can see that for sure. And so it was really weird. Like there was a lot of empathy for me built into this character because of what we see on screen and the movie doesn't want to do anything with that. Yeah. I I, I was like, I don't understand what, like... Why do that at all then? Why have right. that moment if you're not going to do anything with it? Right, right. And why is it constantly like bubbling under the surface with his lackey friend group of the same situation if you're not going to build to him like seeing the error of his ways and coming around or something like that? Yeah. Uh, it also is weird to me like when they leave Leon's room and the girls are in there with him are like, oh, they didn't sign up. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I have a plan. And Leon seems to have been able to get to a person – associated with each of these team captains that he's chosen and convince that person to convince the team captain to play. We don't see how that works. Is it financial? I was waiting for a real she's all that at the end of this where it's like, oh, by the way, all of these people who coerced you into playing have made a bunch of money and now you hate them. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, like the girl, like uh, American Woman's girlfriend was going to be. Okay. Yeah. It's like she was only there 
Because, like, that would have been literally a she's all that, where it's like... I would have loved that moment, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would have, too, but it's just not there. Um, Flounder from Animal House, the rich kid, he shows off his really cool van that's got, like, a computer in it and a phone and all this sorts of magical gadgetry. Uh, The computer from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) Yes, it's a big, old-school, mechanical, clicky-clacky keyboard. Um, We get a great classic... It's funny that this girl's ugly joke. Yeah, that really bummed me out. It's because I thought it was. I thought it was going to be like, oh, she's old. Like, oh, like like an old lady, old lady, yeah, or just like an adult. Okay. Or like, or like someone his mom, because he's like, my mom set me up with someone. So oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, gonna yeah. be like his mom's knitting friend in like a cat mm-hmm. sweater, and like a ba- a bag like a, a candy dish full of butterscotches, like <laughs> she's just carrying a candy dish. Yeah, like the, carrying the glass candy dish. That would have been, I would have been so fine with, because that's where I thought it was going to go. But then it was just like, maybe someone a couple years older than him who just was not attractive. Yeah, I was, this is so sad, but like, I was like, it's going to be a fat person. And I was like, 100% sure when they opened the door. See, we already had a fat person, so I didn't think it would be. Yes, but it wasn't like, ew. And that's what I thought we were going to get. So I was like, I mean, ugly is a little bit better, but it still sucks. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't cool, bro. Yeah, and I don't know how you do that joke in today's world. Like, I, I don't think you can do Like, I don't know what p- you put behind that door. You know, I, you know what it would have Old to lady. be? Old lady would work or, like, really out there, like, crazy hair goth person would probably work. It would have to be, like, an extreme well, something. Yeah, like, a little bit scary, like, like 50 lip rings or something like that. Like, a little bit, they were like, hey, you know, and it's like, that's somebody's yum, but it's not mainstream yum, as opposed to just Yeah, like, it's not saying you're ugly. Yeah, it's, just it's not saying, like... <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of look. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, ew, look at this yuck person. Ew. Yeah, yeah. We cut to the football team. There's this quick, we do like a bunch of quick whip arounds where we're seeing the teams like forming and giving them a little bit of personality. And the green team is the football players. And they're the, the one guy is actively dipping his pizza into his pitcher of beer, which is, I missed mm, that. Glad I missed that. The grossest thing I've seen on this show food wise. But then as I look closer, I was like, wait a minute. Is that Hitchcock from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? And it was. And the craziest thing is how similar he looks 40 years ago. Which one's Hitchcock? Um, You've seen the show? Once or twice. There's the two schlub detectives. They're older guys. They're both heavy. Well, one's one is heavy and has like a flat top and the other one is bald and like sort of pudgy. I'm not going to get this reference. Okay. Well, for anyone out there who watches, it's a good show. I, I highly I, it's recommend. A, it's been on my list. It's all on Hulu now because of the NBC purchase. Right, right, right. Uh, if you if you don't have an uh, a weird hatred of Andy Samberg, you'll probably enjoy it. I did for a while. Yeah, and that's fine. I get it. But yeah, Hitchcock is uh, is largely the same looking, except for the hair. Uh, at at age, well, forty years ago, I don't know how old it is now. Sixty, probably. I'm guessing he's probably about twenty in this movie. I would say at least. Uh, the double mint twins that Leon has in his employ is dating, whatever, are named Candy and Sunshine. Which I thought was pretty funny. I thought that was like nicknames. And then I looked at the credits and it's like, no, that's what they're credited as. They're sorry, credited. I looked, I looked, I didn't look at the credits of the movie. I looked the movie up and in the credits. Yeah. And this is why I said it's a poorly planned scavenger hunt. 
because they all have the same first clue and the same trajectory. And that's well, not a good scavenger hunt. See, I... <sighs> because then whoever figures... Like, you can all just follow each other. Yes, that is true. However, I feel like that's most scavenger hunts. No, a lot of them will do, like, you know, clues one through ten. And, like, one team gets clue one, one team starts with four, one team starts with six, one team starts with ten. And you have to, like, get back to the beginning or, like, fi- like an ending point. I'm not saying you, you have, have to do... collect all ten coins or whatever. Yeah, but, like, you start at different places. Like, your starting point is a different point on the circle. Yeah, I feel like that's harder to track in a movie. I guess, yeah. It requires your audience to have to keep a lot more stuff in order or to have, like, a big board that you keep cutting to. And they do the big board cut scenes in this, but it's more of, like... Where he has, like, a light-up board? Yeah. But those scenes are more to, like, cram a few more gags into the movie as opposed to the, hey, what, who's winning the race sort of horse race check-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, with the first clue, I already hated this nonsense clue logic because it is like yeah, the I ramblings hate- of. It's as if someone was on like a like a, a an insane person on a subway platform was like muttering to himself. Yeah, it's all very esoteric. Like it's blind, so you have to cross out all the I letter I's, and then and <laughs> so I recently, um, I recently got one of those uh, puzzle boxes that get mailed to you. Which one? Uh, it was related to uh, the Adventure Zone, a podcast that I like. Okay. And some of the clues in the puzzles were that kind of thing where it's like you had to turn a thing upside down. And The sideways. first clue is the C is reversed. SSI Tari is mixed up and blind. And then a set of numbers. And I was just like, that's just gibberish. And it's spo- it, it, the correct reading of it is see the stars, which they all figure out. But only one of the four teams, the one that cheats with the computer, the blue team, sorry, five teams, uh, realizes they need to go to the observatory. And instead, everyone else is like, we'll go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We'll go to this random talent show. We'll go to this bar, like all these other things. Which like are valid readings of see the stars. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, one of them is- goes to like Madame Tussauds, like a wax museum. Yeah. And, like, fully just takes the arms off the figures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not okay. I don't like that place, but that's not okay. <laughs> Honestly, the one that they described in that Parks and Rec episode where it's, like, the all the wax figures are the rejects, so you have to figure out who it's supposed to be is something that would really appeal to me. I would do that one. 100% I would do that one. Um, so this is where I wrote, The girl on Harold, the fat kid's team, Sounds really familiar. She sounds like one of the misfits. Plot twist, it's Pizzazz, the lead misfit from Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> so I guess two and a half famous voice actors then. Yeah. Um, and this is where we get the quote-unquote ticking time bomb of the scavenger hunt movie that already has a deadline because it's a scavenger hunt where the game master's landlady hates him. And she's like, your your apartment's always so messy, and you're always so loud. Lady, I pay you rent. Don't come in my apartment. Yeah. My noise, a... <laughs> my noise is your business. Yes. N- the interior of my apartment is not. Yeah. Short of it being a health hazard for other tenants, like, you can you can leave. You can keep it. It's not, not yours. Go away. Mm-hmm. 
I invoke my claws of quiet enjoyment. Um, and uh, next- it also is a totally unnecessary subplot. Like, yeah. it comes back later in the sort of climax of the movie and a little before that as well. But just like, it's so unnecessary. It just adds a little bit more chaos to an already chaotic ending. And the thing that is kind of wild about this movie to me is when it's working and I feel like it works more than it doesn't, although it doesn't seem like you agree. Like, if, I mean, it's a 55, 45. Yeah. I might be a little more positive than you there, but we'll talk about that down the road. But when this is working, it has the energy of like a blues brothers, which has this like yeah, kinetic motion that. to it that, yeah. And that's, that's a really fun energy to have that not a lot of movies have and not a lot of movies even go for. I agree. Well, and so the whole, the landlady subplot really just ends up with everyone in his apartment building is like hanging out in his, in his room, loving everything he's doing. And I really enjoyed right. that. Like those scenes are really fun where everyone's like, you're being so, wait a minute, is that a radio? You're making too much noise and oh my god, look at the size of this map. Like, it's fun and cute. And I think if it, like, the setup for this had been the landlady being like, I'm going to the movies tonight if any of my tenants calls me and, like, I don't want to hear any complaints from my tenants about your noise. Like, that's enough of a setup that, like, everyone hates me. Oh, wait, they're going to love me. But then there's, like, later in the movie... There's a bit where, and I I have, do apologize because I was taking notes and listening to this scene, and I didn't look up and and in, in time. But she comes barging in like there's been another noise complaint when it seems like the entire building is in his room enjoying this with him. So did no, she just make that up? What happened? She did. She just, she's made it out. Okay. She walks in the room and goes, "I'm finally evicting you for the noise complaint." Here's the complaint and gestures to the room full of happy people. And I was like, no one did anything. And it's not a moment where, like, someone's like, ha-ha, I tricked you. Right. He turns to the room and goes, did anyone complain? And they're like, no, munch, munch, popcorn. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay, I'm glad that was the correct reading of that scene then. Yes. Uh, So anyways, uh, we get some good old-fashioned 80s sexual assault, uh, this time perpetuated by a child to a grown woman. uh, And then by our lead. He's peeping on her with a, a, like, legitimate look at the stars telescope which one definitely is impossible and two ew like come on god damn it movie and then our lead does it too yeah and he's like real horned up about it which is kind of a bummer gross also like you have a slam piece here on the thing on the scavenger hunt with you and i wrote i see why disney distanced itself from this and also just to like cut it off at the knees to anybody out there listening like yeah when I was 13, if I saw a naked woman in a window, I definitely would have looked at her. But that doesn't make it not gross. <laughs> like, Yeah, like, it's still not cool. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not a thing to do. Right. Um, And then I also noticed, I, I don't know, I was like, why does Leon have a thousand, because his place doesn't have to be noisy. For some reason, he's got like 10 ham radios, a bunch of police scanners. And I was like, why are they important for the game? They all, cl- they all like phone in to like right. give their position. I thought it was leading to like, they're going to have to start breaking the law and he's going to be like tracking the police, chasing them as a way of monitoring the game. So that was a movie. Yeah. I mean, it's been a bunch of movies. 
I didn't see it, but it was a movie starring Emma Roberts. Oh, man. Dare? Oh, it's such a huge piece of shit. <laughs> it looked like it. That's why I didn't see it. Well, it but came you on, apparently it, did. Well, it came on Prime, and I was drinking, and I was like, that looks stupid. Oh, that's a good that's a yeah. good prime drinking movie. Yeah, and I was like, this looks stupid. And it was, I put it on and I was like, this isn't this kind of entertaining. What a bummer. Yeah, that happened to me with, with my boyfriend and I. I was like, oh, I want to watch a gay horror movie because it's going to be f- stupid and laughable. And then I put it on and I was like, this is like a, a, a kind of good movie that isn't campy. This isn't what I asked for. <laughs> Um, so we're, we're in the observatory. We use the telescope to find the clue. The green team is just running like a bull in a china shop through the observatory and breaking everything. They get was wearing a crop top. Yeah. I think that might've been, no, I guess it wasn't. I was like, it might've been Hitchcock is the one wearing the crop top. The one that falls in the tank of beer. Cause that's Hitchcock. I don't think so. Okay. The tank of beer guy is Hitchcock. Augustus Kloop. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, I wrote, Harold's character is literally just fat. That's the whole character. It's just, there's no development. There's no anything. Just fat. Well, there's and no then, development for any character, really. I mean, arguably, um, uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, he has that one growth moment. That's true. Because all of a sudden, his brother is here, and we've never seen him before in the movie. Yeah. Like, right, I'm not, I'm not, exactly. Like, we've never, yeah. he doesn't show up in the beginning, right? No, he doesn't. All of a sudden, baby Michael J. Fox is uh, running away from home, and we're supposed to care. Well, it's quickly explained from MJF to the woman who's on the team that, like, oh, by the way, my brother forgot my birthday, which is a very legitimate reason to be upset with someone. I agree. But, like, the movie, I I didn't know he had a brother until just now. Right. And all of a sudden, it's also a brother that that they hate each other. Right, and I also can't figure out how old they're supposed to be, so I just am confused, and I spend well, the whole no, time. So, MJF is 15. So, they're like 15 years apart, or 10? At least 10. Yeah, I, I got no time for that. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta explain that movie. Sorry, I need a little bit more. Yeah. Um, uh, like, no wonder they don't have any relationship. They didn't grow up together. No, they're 10 years apart. Right, right. Uh, at minimum. And then... I'm not saying it's bad to have large age gaps in your familiar relationships. We have a brother who's significantly older than us, but like in a movie, there needs to be like that is you, that doesn't happen that like by accident in a movie typically. Or like show us the brother in the beginning when you're right. establishing all your characters. <laughs> right. Like how about a part where the brother? It would be way better if there was a scene early where the brother is trying to get to the office of American Werewolf in London. And he like runs out the door with the woman to start the scavenger hunt as Michael J. Fox arrives to like spend the weekend together for his birthday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like um, some like a calendar gets knocked off the wall and we see that it said like Michael Michael J. Fox coming to visit circles right. or something like right. Right. Something to illustrate <laughs> because literally all of a sudden 30 minutes into this movie, this dude has a brother and they fucking hate each other. Yeah, they really do hate each other. It's like a real from the guts hatred, too. And like, why are they? Then don't make them. Like, this is weird that they're brothers right, and they right. hate each other so aggressively. 
uh pbr is involved now yeah i kind of really dug the fact that one of the idiots they, they get to a part where they have to like play a song on the piano and one of the idiots uh, it's actually hitchcock starts playing the song he's like wait that's the paps blue ribbon jingle and he starts singing it and then we cut to the paps blue ribbon brewery for no reason and now normally i find product placement obnoxious but when it's like cheap garbage beer i'm all for it. it's kind of charming <laughs> yeah but also also this scavenger hunt started at midnight so that means that this PBR tour is at like 1 a.m. At, at that is at, full of people. I think it's more like three or four a.m. based on the no, time. No, because I think. Oh wait, LAX is 2:30. So you're right. It's 1 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's around 1 a.m. But yes. it's a full tour. It's not yes. like a secret break into the factory. It is a full Willy Wonka tour. Right, with like other tourists on it. Yeah. Um, and then the one dude, Augustus, gloops his way into a giant beer vat that's definitely got to be warm beer. Like, that's not cold beer in that vat. No, it's not cold yet at that point of the brewing process. Um, and then somehow they all get thrown out because Michael J. Fox tried to steal a beer. And they're like, we'll he never get the... He, sorry, he tries to steal a beer with absolutely no chill. He asks for one. The guy says no. The guy turns... Mm, a quarter turn away from him and he leans over the counter and starts filling a beer under the tap yeah it's crazy but they're like we'll never find the clue and then they like look and they realize the fucking forklift is loading up pallets of pbr Mm -hmm. and he happens to be loading them in a way that reveals this like like as if you painted the spine of a book so Uh that when the book is closed you can read it but when Uh it's open you can't this elaborate thing and i was like how did he orchestrate this? Yes. You're talking at This minimum. isn't part of the tour. Right. Yeah. This, this this dude had come up with like a jigsaw level of planning to create this. Is that like the Saw theme song or something? That's the, that's the Saw theme song, yeah. Okay. Never that's seen what, one. No, that's what plays at the end of every Saw movie when they're like, here's all the stuff you missed because you're an idiot, but really we just didn't show you. And they're like show like showing the other side of things. I see. Well, uh, never seen one of those movies, but this is one what I understand to be a jigsaw level of planning. Yeah, like absolute um, psychotic. Yeah, this is this is when you think too hard about the plot of the Joker and the Dark Knight. Like it's that level. Uh huh. Yeah. So we get another just disgusting sexual assault of a poor beleaguered diner waitress it's more sexual harassment i mean nobody touches her i'm not trying to i'm not trying to split hairs here i just want to accurately convey what's happening in the movie so it doesn't seem like a bunch of people just started groping this woman just i just it's not far no but i just want to be clear that like the the heroes of this movie do not just start touching someone inappropriately they're being horrible and harassing her for the clue they're given is look between the melons and it sucks it sucks but like the problem is they're like the clue sends them to a diner and in the diner that says leon special you can order and it's a plate of like cantaloupe watermelon like actual melons on a plate like a and comical like, amount of them. Honestly, prop-wise, uh, set decoration-wise, hilarious. Like, I love... This movie's on point for that. Yeah, I love the way that, they, that, like, the absurd size of the tray of melons that is delivered to the table is a hoot. I really like it. But, like, I would have been so much happier if it was, like, 
they had to like smash open all the melons to like find the clue inside. Like it was hidden yeah. inside one of them. Like, I would... they, they did that magic trick where you like put the the card inside the orange or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but so it's this waitress that's already f- clearly forced to wear a like slutty diner waitress outfit, which yeah. has no bearing on because it's not like a Hooters. It's just a restaurant. It's right. just like a dive a divey restaurant. And they're all talking like, look between the melons. And every time they do, it's this just like gratuitous shot of her pouring coffee and like leaning over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden they all start screaming at her and like smashing plates and being like, I need more coffee. I need this. We dropped something, miss. And I was like, this poor waitress. Yeah, it's a real beleaguered situation. Just to get to her necklace that says... Yeah hug me and i was they read hug me and i went jesus h christ please, yeah God, yeah no. I, that, that's why i wanted to clarify because i was like oh my god they all have to touch her what is this nonsense but turns out uh hug me is another um is it anagram, anagram. okay anagram I, yeah. another anagram for a huge m which and they like, all figure it out which like i'm sorry that doesn't count. <laughs> like it's it's unacceptable to me that it's hug me as huge M. No, yeah, that's I'm that's sorry. Um, there's also what I would categorize as some. I would categorize as a uh, militant lesbian sorority girl who's <laughs> like, and I say militant in the like aggressive fighting sense. Okay, she's the one that like literally kicks everyone's ass. Yeah, yeah, she really does start throwing throwing some. <laughs> Like, they start to get their car, the sorority girls start to get their car towed, and she sneaks into the tow truck without anyone noticing. And when the guy goes to open his door, she kicks it open and knocks him out and is like, get in the car, ladies, we're taking the truck on the road. <laughs> um, and she point- was not in the movie enough. Yeah, no, she wasn't. I honestly forgot she was on the team for a little while. Um, Blue has This is also- where we learn the missed birthday. Yes, and Blue has also slashed the tires of the yellow team, which is the fat- uh, rich guys team putting a, a slowdown on David from American World from London. They've slashed all four tires and siphoned out all but one tank of gas. One gallon. One ga- Thank you. One gallon. So then they, they all learn, okay, huge M. It must be the huge M mini golf course, which like, man, the 80s in mini golf, huh? Yeah, I was like, the only place I know of mini golf is the boardwalk. Yeah, it's like really a series. We, we did have one growing up that was attached to a driving range, but it was like there was a mini golf over there. Yeah, but it was like like a real golf course in miniature, not like a windmill and a giant panda and a snake oh, and a whatever. That's not it's, fun. It, not nearly. I don't think so. <laughs> I would You're much rather about Rossi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Christmas, yeah, that the, the tree farm and the driving range. They also had a mini golf there because i i, I, never I went on that. a few dates there just because it's like we got to do something it's not a movie right it's like out of there's like four options when you're 17 so that was one of them um and then uh so we didn't really talk about it but the guy with the the ugly date in the beginning is one of um american world in london's like cases that he has to help yes and he's trying to like get him confident or whatever and his way of becoming confident is being like Hey, like flagging down a car f- with two girls in it. And be like, hey, ladies, take us to the golf course. And they're like, we're not going that way. And he opens the car door and gets in and was like, well, now you are. Yeah. 
super that's, that's weird. Grand Theft Auto. And possibly <laughs> kidnapping. A- except the woman slides over, lets him drive, and is his best friend now. It's so dumb. But they get there, and then the blue team gets there first, the uh, rich kid, and the clue's like, play golf, but don't skip to the 18th hole. And I was like, oh, there's a fake clue at the 18th hole. Yep. But what I was, ho- but it's, the fake clue was in the form of like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. You shouldn't say the magic word. Right. When it should have been a clue. Oh, like, and it throws them off and they go to the it wrong It should have place. been like, yeah, go so to this better. location. Man, that's and so then, much better. Yes. And because then the ending is so different with like, they're all going different directions and they're like, well, he's got the supercomputer. Let's follow him. Like you could have done more with it. I agree. And that's the thing that I think this movie is missing and what works in a movie like Rat Race, which I'm sure is terrible, but I really enjoyed when I was, what, 13, 14 when that came out? Um, Wait, what movie? Rat Race. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need to be able to eliminate teams from the competition. Yes, you do. And that's the element that I think this is missing that would make it, you said 55-45, I think it might be more like a 60-40 or even a 65-35. I think that pushes this up like a whole letter grade because then you get to have more shenanigans. And that's this movie is missing shenanigans, which is crazy because it's literally full of them. But it's just uh, it's like almost there in terms of the the kind of stuff I expect out of a movie like this. Like it's just not quite allowed enough. It's it's it hovers at a nine, which is seemingly great. But I need you to hit 10 a bunch, too. I agree. And again, the the. The fact that Disney Channel original movies remade Adventures in Babysitting before this movie is crazy to me. Yeah, I think it's just like because the age of the kids on that show is so young, it requires a kind of weird situation for how to get them all getting around town and doing all of those pieces of it. Right. Like it's such it's such an. A critical element of this that like unless they all have a limo driver or like the parent is driving them around it's kind of a weird thing i don't i don't i think they could be on bikes riding around town yeah and i guess in this day and age grabbing the back of cars yeah and in this day and age they could just be taking ubers and lifts too i guess sponsored by yeah that's true get a little that get a little that valuation money speaking of uber and lyft no i'm just kidding <laughs> could you even imagine I would love that. Talk about organic. <laughs> um, we, we need to get sponsored by one of them so that the Uber driver could be a character in an ad for an actual rideshare company. Yes, please. Or sponsored by Waze. Whatever. Yeah. And then he can be a Waze voice. Oh, uh, speaking of that, did you know you can do your own custom voice on Waze? You, no, you can record your own voice? Yes. So I think we might need <gasps> to add that. that as a Patreon tier. Like, the Uber driver will give you directions in ways. Turn so left how, ahead. How many things do you have to record? I think it's about 20. Huh. All right. Okay, I have, I, I, I'm going to tell this story. It's really I, – I, I, I promised that I didn't do this on purpose to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it. It's really short. So just recently came back from vacation with my girlfriend. Our last day, we had scheduled an early morning – lift pickup to get a ride to the airport. It was like five in the morning. We get in the car and the driver's directions start going. And it's like, turn left ahead. And I was like, what in the hell? And then it pops up again, like in a quarter mile, turn white. Baby voice? Yes. I was sure I was in the car with a serial killer. And it was. It was his child. 
No, it was a add-on pack for Waze that no longer exists. So how he still has it, I don't know. But it was like a custom voice thing that they offered a few years ago that was like just random children telling oh, you how to Oh, probably for that stupid Boss Baby movie. No, I think it... I, I'm sorry to do this because I, <laughs> I hate when that happens. I think it was charitable. I think it was like some uh. sneaky good cause. But one absolutely psychotic to choose as your turn by turn directions. But the only reason I learned that you could do your own voice is because I was trying to figure out what the hell voice this guy had picked. But then I might do that and just be sassy with it. It was 5 a.m. We get in this car. I immediately put my head back and close my eyes. My girlfriend does the same because again, it's 5 a.m. And we're going to the airport. Like this is not this. we're, We're, you know, not ready to talk about anything this dude would not stop talking it was a 15 minute ride to the airport and he talked and asked questions the whole time despite me giving every signal of being like yep no we had a great trip yep we're heading back to baltimore today headphones in bro yep yep but like i literally put my head back and closed my eyes it was just like Please just take your psycho children directions and and listen to those. Turn the radio up. I just, for the love of God, it's 5 a.m. Stop asking me about my life. Do my old sore throat trick that I would do sometimes when I got my hair cut. And be See, like, this is the I'm problem. Really sorry. I'm there, really sorry. I have, my throat's like gone. So you, you just like listen to whatever music you want. If, go for it. If I do that, then he just has to talk to my girlfriend, who definitely doesn't want to have the conversation. Like she can also have a sore throat. We both have sore throats. That's a little bit, a little bit suspicious. You're right. People who are in romantic relationships on vacation never get sick at the same time. I'm just saying that's unheard of. It would be fishy. But anyway, we should have a Patreon tier. Chime in if you want that. We'll do a Patreon tier where either us or the Uber driver can be your turn by turn directions. Uh, we get the clue from the mini golf course that they have to go to LAX. And I love how I, I'm sure this is just like a, the world was bigger back then than it is now. Uh, it's much smaller these days. They're like LAX and David uh, from American World in London has to be like, oh, LAX, that's the airport code for Los Angeles International Airport. And it's like, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> it's like, of course it is. And then I was like, Oh, I bet like a significant portion of the audience didn't just know that information. Yeah, there weren't YouTubers all the time being like, "Well, I'm, I'm headed to LAX, so I can catch my flight to blah blah blah." I, I even it's even beyond that. It's like it's a lyric in that Miley Cyrus song. It is. You're right. It's Hopped but, over planet LAX. Yeah, it's it's a like ubiquitous reference at this point, but I don't think it was in 1980. Yeah, um, they replace all four tires very quickly. Well, they do show this guy earlier working on his car, so he's not a Mary Sue because we saw him do his training. No, but, like, where did you get four tires? No, I know. It's insane. It- I wanted the scene where they stole them from other cars. Like, there's four cars in the parking lot just, like, on three wheels and an axle on No, the you know what? It, it should have been, since we all are at the same spot, spot, same spot every time, it should have been he took one tire from each of the four other team's cars. Oh, that would be funny. Well, the nerds don't have cars. This team sperm is is on mopeds. You don't do that. Well, I'm sorry. They're dressed all in white with these like smooth plastic helmets on. They look like sperm. Ew. They do. Anyways. Anyways. Um, and this is where I find out we find out why Leon needed radios because when they get to LAX, 
It says like tune to five, whatever, tune to the thing. 5.30 a.m. Thank you. And so he's like, go to t- Terminal 3. And I forgot that there was a time in, in the world where you could just walk into an airport. Yeah, they also have a thing that doesn't exist anymore, and I only know from uh, movie tropes, but like the Hare Krishna groups. Yeah, Hare Krishna. Yeah, and I, it's funny, like that reference existed, I think, way longer than those groups actually existed in airports. I would think so, yeah. They were like, they were on the Golden Girls. Yeah, I mean, it was like every airport in TV or movies up until like 1990. I um, think there's even Hare Krishna in Die Hard 2, which is in the 90s. I think so. at least so. 1990, yeah. Um. But so, like, these quote-unquote Hare Krishna look like college dude bros wrapped in burlap. Yeah. Like, they, they're wearing they're wearing my kind of tall, stripy socks and Converse. Yeah, and weird head paint. It's very strange. Yeah, and so they're obviously, like, they're, you walk in like, oh, that's clearly a clue, but all of the groups ignore it. And so they get the next clue. It leads them to some lockers, which leads them to Pinball City. And they walk in. And I was like, oh, that guy kind of looked like Paul Rubens. Plot <laughs> twist, it's Paul Rubens. <laughs> yeah, that guy didn't kind of look like Paul Rubens. He basically was Pee Wee Herman in a dress-up outfit. He even had his hair in the right uh, I know, but setup. at first, like, they didn't talk to him. There was no, like, wave to them. He was, like, a background person at first. I can recognize Pee Wee at a thousand yards, I feel like. But no, but I meant, I was like, that, there's no way that's Pee Wee Herman, because he would have been, like, they would have given him something to do. And they give him later. Yeah. But my, I'm like, you you just put Pee Wee in up front. Put Pee Wee in as much as possible. Can we just make this? A, Pee Wee should have been a captain of one of these teams. That's an instant improvement of this movie. Yes. Yes, it is. There's also a game behind. <laughs> you said the magic word. Uh, <laughs> there's a oh game God. this woman is playing behind peewee it's called like shark bite or shark bites and i, I have that it, it's like they're like white plastic sharks it looks like you shoot it with a gun i will be researching that after we finish this recording and trying to look up gameplay videos if possible i will too well i also learned recently tangent there was a jaws uh game like tabletop almost board game where there yeah, was, it was it was like a fishing thing it was a giant shark like mouth like it was a full shark with an open mouth and it had stuff inside and you had to like get your fishing pole inside the mouth and hook stuff out yeah it was kind of like weird operation kind of yeah it's not too expensive on ebay it Um, also doesn't look anything like uh anything like the jaws the design oh oh of course not um and then they have to play a star wars ripoff game yeah, this game either was a Star Wars game, they just didn't use the title, but those are TIE Fighters. Like, 100%, they're just TIE Fighters. They're TIE Fighters, and the font is the same. Right. Um, So they're all trying to win the game, because you have to win to get the message. And off in the corner, baby Michael J. Fox is like, amateurs. I play this game every Saturday. I, no one's a better player than me. And... um. American Marvel and his girlfriend is like, great, come play. And he's like, uh, I have dignity. And I was like, no, you, you just told, like, you just said you did this every Saturday. That's no dignity. Right, exactly. I have no dignity. I have a bone to pick with you, sir, and it is that you are a liar. Um, so he plays, and once again, the brother's an asshole. He's like, yo, get my stupid brother out of here. We gotta win this. And I was like, just try. Yeah. Like, he's here. Have you tried not being a huge dick all the time? Like, it's not that hard to do. So he wins, and then 
the full game screen flips around to reveal a different monitor that has a video message on it from Leon telling them where to go next. It's really crazy. It's it's so expensive. And then the brother is just like, cool, let's go as they're all celebrating. Yeah, it's a little too on the nose, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, and then the but then his girlfriend is like, your brother just swallowed his pride to help us win. No, he didn't. He's a 15-year-old in an arcade. Right, this is kind of his dream scenario of, like, the thing that he does all the time is actually useful. Remember that scene in Terminator 2 where, like, where do you find children? The arcade. Uh, the landlady shows up again to the Game Master's apartment, this time with police, and they're like, there's nothing going on wrong here. You're under arrest, lady. But they want to see what happens, so they don't take her anywhere. She just sits there handcuffed. Yeah, and then later she does stuff, but it's crazy that she, uh, like, just sits there for as long as she does. Yeah, that's bananas to me. But then he's like, well, they're getting close to the finish line. We all have to go to my hotel room at this expensive hotel. Also, at this point, it's sunny. Like, it's light out. Yeah, no, it's fully the next day. Um, and so the, uh, American World in London's team is there, and the the bullies team is there and the nerds, the jocks and the sorority girls are on their way. And the bullies go to this like weirdly militant security guard and are like, Hey, there's some hell's angels causing trouble outside. And And it is the sperm patrol. It is not hell's angels. It's nerds in white on mopeds. Right. And they treat them like hell's angels. They're also like making lazy circles in the parking lot or maybe it's the lobby, but still, Maybe. So they get, like, quote-unquote arrested and have to sneak in because we needed some extra tension for 25 seconds. Um, There's, like I said, this weird, like, too intense security... Like, it's basically Arnold Schwarzenegger as a hotel security guard. Um, Is, like, he gets called... Oh, the landlady upstairs in the room calls him and is like, there's hooligans in your hotel in this room! And I was like, why is she still here? Yeah, it's really kind of an odd choice to make this woman such a big part of the thing at this at this point. And also, like, I think the guy is kind of a reference to some other movies, but I can't quite place it. Like, it's almost mm-hmm. like LaFour's from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but it's not quite. He's almost the sheriff in the Blues Brothers, but it's not quite. It's like a weird yeah. amalgamation of all these other characters that I'm familiar with. Uh, and then all of the players who are not the t- the two main teams get pushed into the pool. Uh, oh, wait, we did. We skipped over a bit that I want to talk about. I'm sorry. You kind of jumped ahead and I was backtracking through my notes to make sure to miss the thing I want to talk about. So at, at the at the one point, Michael J. Fox storms off from the yellow team and he like runs away and is sitting on a bench. And then the blue team pulls up and they're like rowdy and annoying. And he walks up to him. He's like, hey, I know where the final location is. And they pull him into the van. And then immediately Michael J. Fox has a change of heart, which like I don't quite understand. And yeah, he, give him more than five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the flounder from Animal House starts like attacking him and is like, hey, you're going to tell us what we want to know or else. And Michael J. Fox is kind of like, meh. And then he starts like rubbing his head aggressively. And Michael J. Fox is like, no, he all right. grabs his hair. Okay. But he, he barely touches him. And Michael J. Fox folds like a house of cards. And he's like, it's here. You got to go here. And the whole time, all I could think of is like, 
if you really had a change of heart, just blurt out any other place. There's lots of places in right. L.A. And 10 seconds after that, they literally throw him out of the moving car. So it's like the consequences would have been zero for this action. Yeah. You should have been like Madame Tussauds. Right. Well, they were already there, but somewhere else. They weren't. Oh, that's true. It was the green team. Um, so our heroes get into the elevator and the fat bully turns off all the power in the hotel. Yeah, it was Chekhov's elevator control room, which they He's stumbled into. He's just vandalizing into left and right and committing crimes. Yeah, no, he absolutely should go to jail at the end of this movie. Uh, then they use Michael J. Fox's retainer to start the elevator back up again. I actually kind of love that. I mean, it's stupid as hell, but I kind of love so it. It's so stupid. I, you're right. I love that it's so dumb. But like, what? Also, this person that you spent the past hour and 40 minutes telling us is just a fat piece of garbage makes it up 18 flights of hotel stairs in three minutes. Yeah, and then he's, like, sweaty and out of breath, but I think he might be dead if it was true. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, like, it's no, there's no way. And then he sees that they both get to the hallway at the same time, and he pulls the fucking fire hose off the thing. He's like, I'm gonna destroy you, and I'm gonna win. What we haven't mentioned so far, folks, is that there's no prize for winning. There's been no mention of a monetary prize. Yeah. It's just bragging rights. Yeah, I was very confused about this because I was assuming that there was a big money prize at the end of all this and I had just missed it. And I was like, oh, well, when this ends, I'm going to have to write down the dollar value so I can talk about it earlier. Nothing. There's no, It's pride only. Yeah, it's just pride. And also, this dude clearly has money because he set up this whole friggin' thing. So I found the arcade oh. game. That looks so fun. Yeah, I, I can't. I, it looks like plastic sharks you shoot at with something or other. I've been trying to Google to see if I could find any other information, and I cannot. Um, and then the security guards get to the floor just in the nick of time to get sprayed with water and think the blue team are the hooligans. And then um, they, uh, the yellow team wins, and everyone has a a, a party, a food party. Well, an there office, is an office food party. There is also an extremely important part that you forgot, and that's when the game master pages uh, game player on the hotel loudspeaker, and everybody picks up a courtesy phone at the same time, and we get a Brady Bunch split screen, which I've never seen in a movie. You're before. right. That's wonderful. I forgot about that. And the fancy lady with her fancy dog, I thought was pretty funny as well. Yeah, she definitely had to be there. I mean, I I know you're being facetious, but I did kind of think it added to the zaniness. I just needed, like, the way I... The problem is, it's like, you can't give me, like, a few sprinklings of that level of zaniness. Like, I need that the whole time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is, like, there's two ways you can go with this movie, which is, like, to constantly be at a full boil, or you can build to it. And the way I thought we were... Like, Blues Brothers is a good example of a movie that, like, hovers around an eight or a nine for the whole movie, but by the end, it's just, like, a full rolling boil and bubbling out of the pot and all over your stove. This movie, I really needed the hotel stuff to be zanier, and at the t- a point where, like... There's like 10 cops chasing him and people are getting sprayed with a fire hose. I was like, oh, good. We finally got to the temperature this movie needs to be. But it never goes all the way there. Like it stops almost immediately. I agree. Uh, We also get the romance that uh, we needed. And uh, fat guy eats food and pushes his uh, girlfriend into a pool. Yes. While being arrested. Also, I'm not certain of it. But I'm pretty sure this hotel is the same filming location for that uh, Clint Eastwood movie where the guy makes the gun out of plastic. 
It was like a cable movie that was on all the time. I think maybe mom liked it. I don't think I know that one. It might be a Dirty Harry. It might not be, but it's like a... There's a dude who makes a gun out of plastic, and I think he's trying to kill the president, or he's kill, trying to kill somebody who has a security detail. But these funky outside elevators made me think of it. Wait, is it that Will Smith movie with the van? No, 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 Will Smith. Clint Eastwood. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Yeah, it's I know, not, but you, not Gene Hackman. You're thinking of. Um, thank you. I was like, there's an old man. Yeah, no, <laughs> Will Smith movie. No, Clint Eastwood, not Gene Hackman. You're thinking of uh, Enemy of the State. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's the movie. Yeah, that's that's the. They win movie. a plaque. Yeah, I don't – it's really kind of disappointing. And also, like, I'm all for serious competition for stupid prizes. Like, one of my favorite Brooklyn Nine-Nine running gags is they have the Halloween heist and the the it's like a championship belt you get. There's really no prize other than bragging rights. But I thought there was a monetary prize in this, and I think this needs a monetary prize. It did. I really think it did too. And like I said, most importantly, like, there's just, like, three pieces missing from taking this movie to be a really great movie. One is, like, a little more explanation of why these people are chosen. Um, two is just, like, a little bit more time. With, like, I honestly think even if it was five teams, but we really only focused on three except for some, like, broad stereotypical comedy or from the other like two. each team's leader. Like, I don't need to know yeah. the second, like, the everyone else. But if you're, like, I'm going to focus on each of the five team leaders – or just pairs or trios, right? Like the fact that each team has four or five players mean you're, means you're keeping track of 20-plus people, and it's just too confusing. They're color-coded for the most part, though. Yeah, yeah, that is helpful. But that was that was my big takeaway is, like, it's almost awesome. It just needs, like, a little bit more little, – little tweak. It's, like, just not quite the right spice palette to keep using cooking metaphors overbearingly. I agree. But I do, I do think I would recommend it. Honestly, like it's yeah, it's, it's a, enjoyable. It's, it's a not fun, bad. It's a fun movie. It has some good gags in it. It has some some fun pieces of it. Um, it's Michael J. Fox's first role, which is kind of cool, and he is like real baby faced in here. <laughs> He's a child. Yeah, um, I mostly enjoyed it. I the the only thing I will say is it is a little too long. At the point where they were at the golf course, I was like. Oh, this feels like the last 20 minutes of this movie, and it's like mm-hmm. 45 minutes before the movie ends. Yeah. But yeah, like I say, I, I, I uh, light recommend here. I, it's, I, I was able to find this through uh, Hoopla, which is a library service that my library offers. I think there's a really bad rip on YouTube that I guess you could watch as well. There is. It's not great, but it gets the job done. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, pretty enjoyable. Thank you, Michelle, for a pick that started off Listener Request Month on a. On a Relatively good note for us. We'll see where it goes from from there. Um, Grease two will happen at some other point, Michelle. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Or maybe you know she'll stick with us another year and and want to do another pick and, and it'll be in there. So, but definitely, I think uh, Grease two is probably because that was cool another pick of her. Rider. Yeah, Ooh, I, he's so cool. Honestly, we're just waiting for the inevitable Grease reboot. Hopefully, yeah. I, uh, hot I mean, take. I hate Grease, so I hope. But how have but... they not done Grease the live musical? They did. Oh, that we missed our window. Is that what you're telling we me? We missed that one. Oh, no. That would have been such a good time. Yeah, well, Grease was the first one Fox did, and oh, it was okay. like all around the lot. So, like, in between commercial breaks was like them being driven on Pargos to like the next set location. Really? That's kind of a fun twist on that idea. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't like Grease, is my problem. <laughs> like, yeah. other than that, it was a decent production. Interesting. Interesting. Um,. But yes, thank you so much, Michelle, for being such an awesome supporter of the show. Um, if you'd like to be 
a supporter of the show financially like that, visit patreon.com slash dissecting the eighties. We have some fun stuff there. And if you look it over and you're like, you know, I like this, but this is the thing I really want. Send us an email. We'll see if we can make it happen. Uh, we're, we're always open to adjusting that. We've been doing it for just about a year. Exactly. Now. Thanks to, uh, to uh, Michelle for supporting from the very beginning. And uh, yeah. So if, if we and need let to us mix know it if you're up, interested in that ways voice. Yeah. Yeah. Ways voice is a fun one. We can come up with some other stuff, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, thank you so very much for listening to the show. Don't forget to check us out on social media. We have a Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at dissect the eighties. Um, Twitter is probably the quickest way to get a response from us. If you'd like one. So feel free to zip a question our way that way. Um, you can also email the show at dissecting the eighties at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Don't forget, most importantly, to rate and review the show wherever you get it. Uh, iTunes reviews helps us out a lot, but we'll take them anywhere we can get them. And if it's not on iTunes, just uh, send us a screenshot and we read those on the air. We're always appreciative of that. So thank you very much in advance. If you haven't done that yet, you should do it. We will be back in two weeks. Listener Request Month is a three-part extravaganza. Uh, We will return on the... 15th must be yes um so we will see you then with our next listener request month pick which is real genius the val kilmer film and that was a uh, tom's selection also a patreon supporter which funnily enough if you google uh watch midnight mattis on like which funnily enough if you google watch midnight mattis madness uh, other recommendations that pop up include Real Genius starring Val Kilmer. Oh, really? That's funny. I guess because yeah. they both sort of have like a school element to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you all so very much for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until the next segment of Listener Request Month! Yeah! On July 15th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.